Welcome to the CG Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Kilma. Whether you are a DJ, producer, promoter, or aspiring label owner, you're going to want to tune into our podcast each and every month. We talk to amazing, successful industry professionals making a difference in this scene. They share their stories, their insight, and experience. Today, I am chatting with John B. of Better Recordings. We are touching on a lot in today's episode, from label talks to the daily grind. This is the stuff a lot of partygoers are usually pretty shocked to hear about. We've got loads of tools to start implementing in your career as an artist today. So let's jump right in. What does your day-to-day look like? Um, it- varies really like you know uh at the weekends i would be gigging hopefully um so uh especially like back in the day when i was very very busy um it would be like early start thursday or friday morning and then fly somewhere usually europe um while traveling you know uh get to the business i always get to the airport like nice and early so i'm i'd rather be early and tired but relaxed than like late and stressed out of my mind and just you know it's that's that's definitely one of my mottos for like on the DJing side the traveling thing I'm always about like being on time or early rather than just it's you know it's a simple thing you can have control over you know I I never really oversleep or whatever You, you as long as you allow enough time for everything you've done the best you can like if if the car crashes or the taxi's late or the driver doesn't arrive like if you've planned ahead for the taxi to pick you up two hours before your flight or whatever you've built in some contingency for you know to make sure you get there which is basically your half your job as a dj is to blimmin well get to the club um so yeah like you know weekends when it's gigs wake up sometimes really early if it's somewhere like random in Russia um, because I'll have to connect in Moscow and you know time zones going um, east means you're losing time as well Um, finish planning my set if I've got time try and sleep on the plane a bit watch a bit of something on my iPad get to the hotel hopefully have enough time to eat something and have a shower and get changed go to the club do the thing come back hopefully have enough time to sleep a bit and then either fly home or fly to the next one. Um, so that's all weekend stuff. Midweek varies, but um, I used to get up really late and like have a terrible body clock, like staying up late, studio stuff, waking up really late. And ugh, uh, yeah, so now sort of my ideal um, sort of day would be wake up when my wife gets up sort of like eight, uh, well, she's out of the house by 8.15 and I usually like stay in bed till about nine, but I, I would like to just get up when she does and then get to the gym early to just get out of the house and have some fresh air and do something. Um, and then get home and like 
emails and all the bloody internet-y non-music stuff that I have because I don't have any other there's a lot of people that do what I do and they have a part-time other job or something and have to balance everything and I'm lucky I still am managing to survive doing what I do um and I noticed one of the other questions you said you were going to ask was like about procrastination and stuff and I've you know the most important thing to me is just making music and I wish I had more time to just do that but there's all these other things that seem to get in the way that are related to my job and just you know keep my website updated and do a bit of social media and just there's just random things I have to react to and a lot of them aren't even proactive it's just like keeping the wheels spinning and keeping everything going and you know um, like my American agents will be like, okay, we've got some dates for you now. Da, da, da. So I'll try and find some suitable flights that, uh, you know, we, that fit within the budget and just help them out to make my life easier as well for that kind of stuff. And there's always these things that get in the way, but that my day to day life is doing like admin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my wife comes home in the evening and then I generally like switch off. But, um, historically I'd be working in the studio a lot more at night um, and I've been trying to sort of change my day around to be a bit more treat it more just like a, a period of time in the day and be like this is studio time now Duh. and um, I'm still finding that hard to kind of balance everything but that's what I'm going for. <laughs> I think that's really humbling though because there's so many people that are still trying to figure their way around the industry and their day-to-day life. So like hearing from somebody like you saying like, Hey, I'm still struggling with it. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. And I love that first thing in the morning, like waking up, taking care of yourself, going to the gym and then the business. I'm still, yeah. I don't do that every day. I'm like, it's, <laughs> I was trying to describe like my ultimate uh, thing. Like usually I end up going to the waking up early ish and then doing the initial triage of emails and reacting to stuff that needs dealing with. And then I'm like, all right, I've done some of this. I can go to the gym now, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a lucky thing. Like for our kind of industry, if you can go to the gym at like two in the afternoon, it's dead. There's no one there. Like I would hate it if you had to go like before work or, you know, at 5 PM and everyone's a, like, um, so that is a, 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 a luxury. But um, I've, I have, I've, I really do want to like sort of make some changes with my time management and stuff like that. And I've been, you know, Tim Ferriss and all these sorts of productivity guru people. And, you know, Tim Ferriss is an example, like interviewing people like, I get up at 5am, I do pull-ups and I eat vegetable chili because it's super efficient breakfast food. And I have a smoothie and I do juicing and I don't do emails until 11 p.m. and I do journaling and like, you know, I've been trying to do that stuff, but it's, it's, I don't think it's, oh, meditating, got to meditate. Um, So yeah, I want to be doing those things and I can, I really think it will help me, but um, I'm still struggling to be super efficient. Definitely. I feel you on that no, nothing useful. I can, I can tell you there's things I would like to try and do, but there's nothing to learn from me because I don't have any ideas of my own in, in all of that. But um, yeah, try and be more efficient, says John B. I love it. I love the growth mindset. John gets deep on label details, what y'all need to know, and if you're a label boss or would like to be one. 
but first. This next tune is by New York bass producer Miki, and this banger is called Automate. listening that want to start up a label or already have what do you think people should consider when it comes to starting up a label it depends what their end goal is really um like my attitude to running the label has never been sort of the way other big ones in drum and bass have like i when i started my i mean i've got a few but like the main one is beta recordings that's my main label and i just started it so that i could release my own stuff and like get all the money and release it how I wanted. Um, I had no major complaints with anyone that had released my stuff in the past, but a, a lot of the time I felt like I was doing lots of the work anyway and like pushing them for the promotion and telling them how I wanted the artwork done and finding, you know, giving them a contact for my favorite artwork guy. and Because there's not much to it really. Mm -hmm. um, but like I haven't done my label in the same way like other big major guys would do now and like they seem to focus on releasing stuff very frequently um 
and you know doing lots of events and like you know really pushing the label as a a big brand and for me it's just like an extension of me as an artist predominantly just to release my stuff how I want when I want and have full control and then also when I do release other people's stuff it's just people I like and quite often it's new artists who I want to help like Mm -hmm. they've sent me a demo and because they've sent it to me it's probably a bit off the wall especially back in the day the more electro-y stuff and I just wanted to like help people to get something out when I actually genuinely liked it but I never like signed people up to exclusive deals or tried to, you know, lock them in and control them. It was just sort of temporary partnership stuff to, you know, get their stuff out and help me because it kept the label ticking over and stuff. But um, I I don't know if I'm the best person to really advise most people wanting to start a label now because I don't think I'd do it in the way most people would want to. But basically get a good distribution deal have a good graphic designer, um, sign music you like that you would stand yes. by. Don't just sign stuff to put it out and make money. Like have an idea for your sound and and sort of, you know, build it from there. Um, and don't expect to make loads of money either if it's drum and bass. <laughs> I like that that's sound advice. Hmm. Uh, you know, releasing things that you like. And I like that you, like you're talking about uh, basically being in control of what's going on because I know even for me when I'm trying to get music um, signed, it's just like, oh my gosh, when is this tune going to come out? And when it finally comes out, it doesn't even sound like anything I'm making anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice yeah. to have that control. Yeah, I mean, drummer bass is still really slow on getting stuff out. Not, not as bad as it was back in the days of dub plates and everything, but I mean, no. I'm, I'm still guilty of that now. Like, you know, I'll have agreed to release something and sign it and it can be months before I've done anything just because I haven't got around to it and usually it's stuff that won't age anyway and it sounds interesting and unique so but um I remember how frustrating that was as an artist being reliant on other labels getting stuff out and especially when it's the beginning of your career because you need you need momentum and you need constant stuff coming and if you're being held up by someone being slack it's kind of annoying so then you go and start your own label yeah and then you start doing the same thing to other people. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so I'm curious, what do you feel that you excel at? I think my main talents really are my production, like making music that I think is really, really good and different and unique, you know, different among other drum and bass people. I think I have a recognizable sound, whatever that is. Um, although I sort of make different sorts of drum and bass, but I think you can usually tell it's me. Um, And then DJing, my style of DJing, I think I play a lot of stuff other people don't. Um, Even though I play a very broad range of drum and bass, especially when it's, uh, well, yeah, pretty much anyway, I always try and play a broad range of everything, but in my own way, and I play stuff that I like. Um, I think, yeah, just sort of trying to be unique with what I produce and what I DJ and sort of, I guess my vibe as a person when I'm in the club and performing, trying to, and trying to just be really professional with it too, holding my shit together and not being a dick to people and stuff like that. I don't know. Have you ever wondered how you might make an impression to remember on your next DJ gig? John shares more, but first. This track right here, I played at an event that people just could not stop talking about. 
If you like acid, I think you'll love this next track by Steady Rock. It's called Acid Butter. has just always been like 
if you're going to a club where you've been booked, especially abroad, and especially somewhere like Winnipeg is a good example, you know, it's really far away for me to go. And I know you've got a good scene there, but I mean, for for a promoter to have booked someone like me, I know it's cost them a lot of money for the travel. It's a big deal. Like they've been promoting it for weeks and going around telling all their friends how good you are. And, you know, you ought to bloody well turn up at the club like an hour before and kind of like work the room. Like back in the day, some of that was from a selfish point of view for me, like trying to chat girls up, I suppose, but it works. It's a great thing to do to arrive early and talk to everyone and make time to say, you know, everyone's got a story about if if they know your music and you know, I think I played pool with people in Winnipeg or. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Um, I love playing pool. So why not? Um, But you know, it makes the party better as well. If you've got there early and chatted to everyone, it's sort of like being a host or or something and you, you have a bit of better connection and it's much better than like rocking up, 10 minutes before and waltzing in and be like, where's my vodka? And, you know, playing, you still play a great set and still perform well, but sort of shutting yourself off to all that other stuff doesn't benefit you. And it doesn't really cost you much unless you're like absolutely super tired on tour and you've had to like give it a miss, but it's just good practice, I think, but it's common sense as well. I mean, you shouldn't have to think about it, but it depends on, the your image you know if you're trying to curate some kind of like i'm a an enigma of drum and bass or like you're trying to be too cool for school then it's better to just like waltz in and not talk to anyone because if you're actually a nerd and socially awkward and might say the wrong thing or whatever it's probably better you don't talk to anyone and just dress cool and like you know keep some mystique um especially and also if you've got a very like carefully curated image and you know instagram presence that's all you know in a like that does my head and i hate that shit really i'd rather just be try and be as long as you're nice and interesting and stuff just try and be real and not make everything so micromanaged and and there is a lot of that around now and people are terrified of giving away like what their real life is like and you know destroying the myth and stuff like that um it's interesting to see how like people i follow on from different types of dance music sort of behave on social media and like like instagram stories and stuff some people will share all their funny stuff and it's useful if you're sort of a comedian vibe and you've got the time and like super hyperactive and, and stuff and so some people can overshare and it's funny and whatever. And then other people, it's just, I'm moody. And, you know, I guess there's just, that's just different schools of thought and approaches. And then you pick what works for you. We're human. We have our quirks. And one thing I find incredibly humbling and eye-opening is knowing what artists struggle with the most. Because at the end of the day, we are all a work in progress. We talk about that next with John B. But first, this next dreamy track has been remixed by India-based producer, Who's a Good Boy. And this tune is called Seasons, originally by David Starfire and Stefan Jacobs.
you procrastinate the most on and why um i wouldn't say it's like a deliberate procrastination but i do struggle to find time to sit down and make music like and it's sort of not really limiting beliefs but there's like barriers um you know oh i don't because i've never been able to sit down and just do half an hour's quick doubling on tunes and should be able to now in this day and age you've got total recall of any project and you just do a little tweak but I, I always feel like I can't reward myself with time to sit down and focus on making music unless I've got all the other stuff out of the way like you know the accounts are done and um, sort of it does kind of come back from stuff I think my dad would say to me, like, he's like, it's no good making all this music if, you know, you haven't got your accountant or... The, it, I can't think of, like, specific things, but um, I think, yeah, in terms of, like, procrastination and how, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, is trying to be more efficient and, like, not wasting time on stupid stuff. Like, I'm not a massive social media-y ho-bag type of person, but... I know it does end up even just like flicking through Twitter and stuff can just drain away your time and it's not good for motivation either, especially like Instagram stories. If you follow a lot of other DJs, especially ones that just seem to be like really hyperactive and always in the studio or, or something, you're like, Oh, you know, you're looking through it like, Oh God, I haven't made a tune in two weeks. And meanwhile, that same dude every day, you could completely fake it. Like I could just, you know, put a loop on and be like, yeah, studio today, yeah. Take five minutes and gives the impression to everyone else in the world that you've, you know, finished a whole new bloody album. But, um, yeah, I think social media, even though I'm not a, a sort of addict, uh, to that extent, um, need to reduce sort of consuming it and just, um, yeah. Stop procrastinating, get in the studio, John, <laughs> finish some stuff. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Did something really stand out to you today? A new piece of information? Was something shared here that inspired you to do more in your career? Let us know. And if you're a producer and would like to get your music played on the show, 
make sure you contact us. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Cybergroove Radio Podcast.